Welcome to Scientific American Science Talk, posted on September 2nd, 2015. I'm Steve Mursky. On this episode... Einstein always approached deep problems, and uh, therefore, when he made mistakes, they usually were about problems that were really at the heart of physics. That's Lawrence Krauss. He's the director of the Origins Project at Arizona State University, where he's also a physicist and cosmologist. He's the author of nine books so far, the most recent being... A Universe from Nothing, Why There is Something Rather Than Nothing. And he's a contributor to Scientific American's September issue devoted to the 100th anniversary of Einstein's publication of General Relativity. Krauss's article is called What Einstein Got Wrong. I called him at his office to talk about the errors of Albert. First, I want to read your, your lead for the article because I really liked it. Like all people, Albert Einstein made mistakes, and like many physicists, he sometimes published them. (laughs) That sounds like something, something that uh, you can relate to. Yeah, I mean, we all we all make mistakes. Hopefully, we if we know about the mistake, we don't publish it. Some people, I figure, may may do that, but but uh, we all have that experience of uh, well, there there are mistakes, and there are mistakes, and that's what I talk about in the article. That's the great thing about the piece is when when you discuss Einstein's mistakes, these are fertile mistakes of a mind. You know what I was thinking of? There's the famous biography of Newton called Never at Rest. And, and yes, it made, I know I, that biography. Right. And I was thinking of Einstein with these mistakes indicate a mind that's always working. It's always thinking about these issues that he found so compelling. Absolutely. And I think... I think uh, what was surprising was how much he second-guessed himself. I guess that surprised me when I was doing the research thinking about the article. The, you know, there are a variety of mistakes there. There are mistakes of, of sort of not quite appreciating the nature of, uh, of the universe and understanding that he'd actually made contact with it. And, and But there are other mistakes where he really actually did do mathematical errors as well. And I think they're both kinds. And what's interesting is that they were both very significant. He was constantly trying to assess what he did. And um, I guess what happened is that, that uh, the, the kind of youthful confidence that he, um, that he exuded in when he published his first wonderful papers, uh, with, the, with, the, with the wisdom of age or maybe um, the hesitation of age, he began to second-guess second himself a lot more. And I, thought, I think that was a surprise. The fact that in one case, in the case of, the, of, of gravitational waves, that he was... He was saved by a referee. It was one of the most amusing um, uh, parts of the article for me to, to, to write and understand that he was... I, I had no idea that in, in that time, journal articles weren't refereed as they are today. And the fact that he took such umbrage at the notion that Physical Review would somehow send one of his papers to someone else to look at before it was published was remarkable to me. But he was quite lucky they did. Yeah, you talk at length in the article about that particular case and how the reviewer actually figured out some things that Einstein had missed. And the reviewer then gets in touch with Einstein via Einstein's colleague and, and they actually fix things. <laughs> yeah, and Einstein claimed to have discovered the error independently and, and was, was helped guided either internally or by his correspondence with the, with the referee who was a very famous cosmologist as it turned out. Um, uh, to, to fix it. But if it hadn't been for that, I mean, there are a number of cases where, where it's kind of interesting that he was saved in the nick of time. Something I also mentioned peripherally in the article, which wasn't really a mistake, was, was, um, 
when he when he discovered the phenomena of gravitational lensing, which, as I talk about, was an example of not a, an arithmetic mistake because everything was fine. He just assumed it wasn't important, and it turned out to be very important. That's the kind of mistakes most of us would like to have. I mean, most of us have the opposite experience of mistakes, something we think is important, and it turns out not to be. <laughs> right. In his case, it was something he turned out he thought was unimportant. It turned out to be very important. So that's that's the kind of mistakes that many of us don't mind having, where we we do something, the work is correct, and, and then we find out nature either makes better use of it than we thought. And there have been articles like that for me where I published something and I didn't think it would be significant. And then, you know, it turned out to be more significant. And it goes both ways. So those kind of mistakes happen. Uh, those that we don't mind. The ones where we actually make an arithmetic error or misunderstand something we're doing is something that happens with all of us and happened with Einstein. But interestingly, he was saved in the nick of time in the case of gravitational lensing not by having made a mistake, but rather the fact that the first time he calculated the amount by which uh, uh, light rays would bend in, uh, around an object like the sun, he did that when he, in 1912 when he had a, an earlier th incorrect theory of general relativity, an earlier one of his precursor theories. Had it not been for World War I, uh, where several people were going to check his, his predictions by going out and looking at a solar eclipse, but had it not been for World War One, where uh, where they were delayed, and then by in that time he came up with the correct theory, and by the time the war was over, they were able to compare it with the correct prediction. Um, you know, he, he he would have made an incorrect prediction, and um, and 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 perhaps uh, people would have uh, been less likely to have accepted general relativity in the first place. Yeah, I found that fascinating because the the nineteen nineteen Eddington expedition where they take the measurements that confirm relativity that's that's really pretty well known but i i didn't know about the fact that if this expedition had been able to go out in 1914 uh einstein's yeah. earlier predictions wouldn't have looked so good and he wouldn't have looked so good yeah it was he was a luck you know it, it would greatness is is a combination of talent and luck and he had both <laughs> well he certainly had the luck to be in the environment that he grew up in and the colleagues that he was surrounded with. I mean, that, that kind of environment has to play a role in the development of his thinking. Uh, oh, absolutely. I mean, I, I think I wrote in the article, I can't remember if I did or not, but people have this illusion that, you know, science is done in this sort of by single individuals alone in the middle of the night and in some kind of vacuum. But Einstein was in touch with what was going on and and uh, and and depended as much on, in some sense, on the results of others earlier, uh, standing on the sh shoulders of giants, if you wish, and and experimental results at the time, that he wasn't working in a vacuum, and and that's important. And in fact, if you look at Einstein, the progress of his life as a physicist was one of, in some sense, slowly becoming more out of touch with what was going on. And, and, and then his contributions became less and less significant. The fact that, as I mentioned in the article, that he stubbornly, in some sense, refused to, to accept quantum mechanics, kept him out of the mainstream, and his, his stubborn insistence on looking for a unified field theory of, of electricity and magnetism and gravity at a time when other forces in nature had already been discovered meant that he was, he was, his, his work was growing more and more out of touch. And that's why in the latter part of his life is none of those results are, 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 uh, are significant. And it's really important that, that the early work 
that he was vitally in touch with what was going on both experimentally and and theoretically. It almost seems like, uh, you know, you, you said he was stubborn, I think. Uh, he really wanted the universe to behave in certain ways. And, and when it didn't, it seemed like it really ticked him off. <laughs> yeah, I think, I think at some point he, he... But, you know, at the same time, the big difference of what happened with quantum mechanics and earlier is he, like all of us, we kind of hope the universe behaves the way we think is beautiful. But he, like the rest of us, when he discovered the universe didn't behave that way, to his credit, he was able to change his mind. And that's what makes a good scientist. Later on, he, he didn't. And with quantum mechanics, he was too stubborn. And that's the difference. Uh, I guess he'd come to, to, he had so many successes that maybe he had such faith in his intuition that even when his intuition was wrong, he refused to give that up. That's an unfortunate thing that happens. And maybe it, it kind of not too surprising when you have the success that, that Einstein had in his intuition. But all of us hope that when we, when our intuition is wrong, we're able to change our minds. That's the difference between a, a scientist and a theologian. Right. Uh, in the article, you talk about uh, areas that, uh, major areas that wound up being built on ideas that he misjudged. And there's gravitational lensing, gravitational waves, the expansion of the universe, and then the quantum mechanics situation. And, and the article is very readable. So we, we don't need to get into every detail of it. But I, I found it very interesting that in terms of gravitational lensing, as you alluded to already, that he clearly had no trouble accepting or, or just acknowledging the fact that light was going to bend around a star. But it never occurred to him that, uh, you know, a forest is made out of trees. A galaxy is made <laughs> out of stars. He couldn't yeah, see the Einstein, galaxy for the stars. For the yeah, exactly. In, in fact, well, you know, it's not, once again, it's not uh, that surprising. Um, uh, external galaxies, this was in the 1930s, the existence of external galaxies other than our own had only been recognized a decade earlier by astronomers. But, uh, you know, basically Edwin Hubble was the first to really distinguish that there were other galaxies than our own in 1925. And so Einstein wasn't a, a, a professional astronomer, uh, and and um, yeah, and I think it's really remarkable that, for me, the equally remarkable was not only that he missed the the, the galaxy for the stars, but that so quickly Fritz Wicke, who was a remarkable astronomer, jumped on it and and actually did an wrote an amazing paper that presaged fifty years of subsequent research by pointing out um, that Einstein had missed the boat a little. I mean, Zwicky loved pointing out other, that other people missed the boat. He wasn't a very pleasant fellow. <laughs> but um, but Zwicky's paper was remarkable. And uh, uh, But for me, the, the most amusing part was it, was it, I mean, we don't know if Einstein was being honest that he would have published the result anyway. But the fact that he was induced to publish his result that later laid the, the groundwork for one of the more important areas of modern astronomical research, gravitational lensing, because someone said, you know, I'd like you to publish this result. <laughs> I mean, if that's really true, it's kind of remarkable. Yeah, you you have the the note from Einstein to the editor of the journal where he says, uh, this this research here, it's of little value, but it'll make the poor guy happy. So let's publish it. That's really yeah, amazing. Yeah, exactly. It's it's. It, I love that. It's one of my favorite lines. Yeah, but it makes the poor guy happy. So that's how great science is done. Is done. Now let's just talk for a moment about. Um, 
the expanding universe issue, and, and it's it's really famous that Einstein said it was his biggest blunder. But you point out that, and what we're talking about is the the uh, the uh, cosmological constant to uh, to keep the universe static rather than expanding, because he wanted it that way. Apparently, it wasn't him. I mean, you got to remember he was living in a time when it when it was conventional wisdom that that uh, that the universe was static and eternal. I mean, that was what. He was just living in, the, in that time. So it wasn't so much a personal inclination as the fact that he was a product of his time. Mm-hmm. And it was, it's unfortunate, you know, given how bold he was with special relativity and general relativity and, and, uh, and quantum and the origins of quantum mechanics, given how bold he was to make bold predictions that flew in the face of, 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 of kind of common sense, it's unfortunate that he didn't realize his theory required the universe to expand or contract because wouldn't it have been amazing if he could have predicted the result that 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 uh, um, Hubble later uh, discovered in 1929 that the universe is expanding as someone once said I don't think it was me maybe I what I said it but I think I heard it from someone else it's a pity he didn't make that prediction because he could have been famous <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's pretty good so um the fact that he invoked this constant to keep the universe static, uh, you you point out in the article that it, it's he kind of misses the boat there in two ways because first of all that's not right, but he could have seen well you you kind of just said this, but he could have seen that his own theory predicted more than he even gave it credit for. Yeah, absolutely. And again, as I I can't remember if I wrote this, but it's easy for people to to um to uh underestimate what their work can do because it's 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 really amazing when you're sitting there to think that nature actually <laughs> obeys something you're talking about it's very intimidating it's it's some people might say it's pretentious too but it's it's intimidating and so the fact that he somehow felt that that he had to modify his theory rather than the fact that nature had to obey him demonstrates some humbleness on his part and as we've said a number of times already, you know, his mistakes are really good. They they led other people in really interesting directions, and sometimes they led him in interesting directions. They're fruitful errors, and that's the difference between – I forget. There's a, there's a wonderful quote about, uh, you know, a, a, a great man's errors are uh, more – more valuable than a, a lesser man's uh, successes or, you know, it's, well, the quote is much better than that, but it's, it's along yeah. those lines. For, for Einstein, as I say, his errors were, were significant. And um, I mean, he was all, the, the, you, you sort of said it, you hit the nail on the head in a way at the beginning. Einstein al- always approached deep problems for the most part. I mean, it's not 100% true. But he was focused on what were really, really deep problems, not not small little little tidbits, and and uh, therefore, when he made mistakes, they were about they they usually were about problems that were really at the heart of physics, and so it's not surprising the impact on it. And as I say, I think that's why he didn't publish the 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 the, the gravitational lensing paper until someone induced him to, because he didn't think it was a deep enough problem, and it's and and. Mm. He really only wanted to work. Many of us, you know, try and work on deep problems, but we're we're happy, we're satisfied with getting result which is useful. Einstein was 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 really focused on not just useful results, but ones that really hit at the heart of nature. Uh, 
this article is about what he got wrong. Let's let's remind everybody he got a lot right. Well, I mean, he obviously was a, the if if any of the one things he'd done had been all he'd done, he still would have been a great scientist and one of the greatest scientists of the 20th century. But the fact that in you know in in a few months when he was just a young man, he he developed special relativity, which changed our notions of space and time. He he gave the first really calculation that demonstrated the existence of atoms. He laid the basis of quantum mechanics all in three months. That was amazing. And all had he done, just done that, he would have been one of the greatest scientists in the 20th century. But then producing, for the first time since Newton, a new theory of gravity is what vaulted him to be one of the greatest scientists of all time. I felt privileged and to be to, to be able to follow it up a little bit, and it was fun for me to learn some of the things I wrote about. And it's an amazing story, and I and the fact that he has amazing mistakes makes it even a more amazing story. So it was fun to contribute in that way. There are, I'm sure you get letters uh, from the same people that Scientific American gets notes from. Uh, there, there are a lot of people who spend a lot of their spare time coming up with, I was going to say crackpot. Yeah, well, Crack, they do. Cra- and yeah. And and you know what they the, the, and I often tell people that you know when I get these letters they say I they thought Einstein was crazy and they think I'm crazy therefore I must be Einstein. And the point is no one really thought Einstein was crazy. But more importantly, Einstein never threw out what went before him in order to do what he did. He built on the results of people before him. I talk about a great length that a great length in in some of my books. Uh, uh and that's a really important distinction. These people say everything we know is wrong. And I have this new theory. That's not how Einstein worked. General relativity built on what was done before him, special relativity, and did as did quantum mechanics. And so um, uh, Einstein's greatness, in some sense, was a, was to bring together theories that didn't appear to be consistent with each other and show they were consistent. Unfortunately, I don't have time today to elaborate on that. But uh, but actually, in my new book, I will. So you can wait for that. <laughs> when does that come out? Oh, I think it'll come out a year from now. I'm just trying to finish it now. Okay, so everybody which, remember, which which, Lawrence yeah, Krauss has a book coming out in a year. <laughs> yeah, and in fact, in fact, if you don't mind, I'm going to have to go back and try and work on it right now. It's been great talking. No, that's fine. It's been great talking to you too. And and when the book is ready, we'll we'll talk again. Okay, that'll be great. Uh, I look forward to that. The quote I could not remember was from Nietzsche, and it translates to in English. Great men's errors are to be venerated as more fruitful than little men's truths. Of course, today this thought is extended to great and little women as well. In 2009, Lawrence Krauss shared a panel with cosmologists Alan Guth from MIT, John Karlstrom from the University of Chicago, and Fermilab's Scott Dodelson to talk about the state of their field at the annual meeting of the American Association for the Advancement of Science. I was there and put the conversation up as a two-part podcast. You can find it by Googling Stars of Cosmology. That's it for this episode. Get your science news at our website, www.scientificamerican.com. You can also check out the entire September issue devoted to Einstein and the 100th anniversary of general relativity. And follow us on Twitter, where you'll get a tweet whenever a new item hits the website. Our Twitter name is at Siam. For Scientific American Science Talk, I'm Steve Mursky. Thanks for clicking on us.